Welcome to our podcast, Parenting by the Pint. Enjoy the show! Greetings, Minivan Mafia! Lauren and I are longtime friends from Chicagoland that love getting together to chat about life, kids, family, and beer. Each week, we'll feature a brewery and sample at least two of their beers. We'll also discuss a variety of topics ranging from parenting, pop culture, travel, marriage, and just about anything else that comes to mind. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Hey, welcome, welcome. Yeah, we're uh, we're going to drink some fun Wisconsin beer today. Yes, I had a fun Wisconsin trip, so we guy picked up some fun, fun Wisconsin, Wisconsin beer. Wisconsin beer. And since I'm only capable of getting <laughs> Fantasy Factory from Carbon 4, I somewhat inadvertently came home with a variety <laughs> pack of beers that were brewed with the Fantasy Factory hops. Yeah, kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, so different beer styles with Fantasy Factory hops. So that's unique. It's interesting. Yeah. I will say that obviously I said it was inadvertent. I knew that it was a variety pack and it was all boxed up when I when I grabbed sure. it off the shelf. Mm-hmm. I don't think that I realized that they had like a similar quality to sure, them. Sure, sure. Yeah. And when I was putting the cans away, I did notice that they all had the same well, relatively the relatively same. Relatively similar, yes. We're gonna We're, we're gonna, gonna talk touch about that. on the logo on these things. So we did talk about and drink regular fantasy factory like Three years ago, ago. April 2020. So it's been that is a long while. So we're revisiting Carbon Four. We're not drinking the original, but we are gonna drink some spinoffs of Fantasy Factory. Yeah. So we're gonna drink Hoppy Maybach to start, which has the normal gun-toting ninja Ninja cat riding the unicorn that's blowing flames and has laser eyes. Yes. So. (laughs) <laughs> Rufius Maximus is the cat's name. Oh, cool. Jerry is the unicorn. So uh, yes, that Rufius makes total and sense. Jerry. Okay. So in the Maybach, Jerry appears to have bees flying all over him. And Rufius appears to have some sort of like... The honey dipper honey, thing? Yeah, like... You know, like a little honeycomb on a stick that you yeah on it. So there's a lot of honey going on. Yes. It appears in this can. So we're going to open it and we're going to evaluate. And then we will talk about the next design the next time. So let's see. I haven't had a Maybach in like, I don't even know the last time a I had a A little Maybach. while? Yeah. Hmm. All right. Hmm. It smells a little hoppy for a Maybach, but I wouldn't be surprised if that were the case. Well, and the hops are kind of the equalizer, and it seems like these various beers. So Oh, hmm. So it definitely has Maybach character, though. For sure. Yeah. It's very so it smells... it's got a bold aftertaste. Yeah. Which, I mean, is yeah. not uncharacteristic of a Maybach, but it definitely, at first when you smell it, I don't think you give any indication that that's what you're going to drink. No. <laughs> well, like I said, it smelled very hoppy. much like an IPA, to be honest with you. Um, it definitely smells hoppy. 
But it it definitely has the flavor profile more of, of a Maybach. Mm-hmm. So for me, Maybach is always Rogue Dead Guys Ale. Ah, it's like always fair, the fair. one that I go to in my head because I drank it a lot when like, you were younger. Yeah. Like <laughs> a lot. Um and so whenever I drink a Maybach, it kind of brings me back ah, to that. That's fair. And this definitely has some of those qualities yeah. that I remember from Dead Guy's Ale. Hmm. Um, but it also is a little bit, you know, has it's a little more hoppy side of it. Yeah. It definitely has some bitter. Um, it's got a bold taste to it. It definitely has a hoppy bitterness to it. It's like an interesting combination, I feel yeah, like. I know. We're it's a little puzzled unique. by this. <laughs> yeah. I like it. I like got, it. You've got hints different. of like hoppy IPA, and then you've got hints of the Maybach flavor. Like It's a like a collaboration mm-hmm. of beer styles almost. It's like they poured the two together. Kind of. It's Rather than making one beer with similar, <laughs> like, it's like they just poured two beers together. That's super interesting. Yeah. I keep trying it just to be like, okay, yeah. which we're, flavor we're is, to, yeah, is like going to win, conclusion. you know, one's going to like at the baseball game, which one, you know, is it the hot dog or the beef sandwich that wins at the finish line? I know, uh, right? <laughs> but it's always the Polish. No. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps. If only. No, this is an interesting flavor. It's pretty good. Um, So we're revisiting Carbon 4, which is in Madison. Um, and We didn't, we had a short episode last time, so we didn't really talk a ton about them. Um, and it was three years ago, so let's revisit anyways. Yeah. So Ryan and Zach opened Carbon 4 in 2012. They're brothers, actual uh-huh. brothers. Okay. So um, Ryan kind of, you know, got the passion to want to start a brewery um, when he really didn't even like beer very much. And he was out in Billings, Montana, getting a master's degree in athletic okay. training or some, all right. you know, physiology, like nothing related at all to, to this field. Okay. Uh, and he got a job at a local brew pub because he had bills to pay and he needed a job. So that was <laughs> sure. what was there. So Yellowstone Valley Brewing is where he started. Um, and that really kind of got him started in, in the industry. Um, and he was just kind of a normal North American domestic beer drinker in college, nothing exciting. And then one time he was like 25 years old and he had a real beer. He had an oatmeal stout. He was like, Oh, this is what beer is supposed to taste like. I love that moment. And it was like an epiphany of this is what we're supposed to be drinking. Not this (laughs) other miscellaneous high volume lager um <laughs> yeah, so right? he you know kept going but had this you know new idea instead of athletic training apparently he wanted to you know make beer and start a brewery cool and that kind of stuff so eventually he did you know get his brother on board and they started in and like i said 2012 their first beer was called night call um, but their first beer that they bottled and sold for retail was Fantasy Factory. Okay. Um, so, and that literally flew off the shelves when they first bottled it and sold it. They couldn't keep enough of it in production to continue. And it was just selling on everywhere. Yeah. So, um, which it's still pretty popular. I mean, how do you look at that? that logo and not want to buy a fantasy I mean factory. that was like, how that was my original drive same. for getting it. Yeah, I agree. It's uh it's the cat is actually based off of I think some the artist's cat or something okay. like that. And then the they found they just literally found this artist online and then reached out to him. Like the cat was already wow. Yeah, so 
Um, it's a cat god. Rufius is a cat god, just so you know. That's what he is. Oh, so, very good. Yes, yes I can definitely, see that. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> um, dear to my heart, one of the first, um, one of the early kind of beer tasting events that they want to was the um, EAA's Hops and Props. So the EAA is the Experimental Aircraft Association, and oh. we go every year to their show. It's a big huge thing that people come from across the world to and it's in okay. Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Sure. Um so but they serve beer amongst all of the W World War II fighter planes and old awesome. like so you get to walk around and look at planes and sample like a ridiculous amount of breweries come it's wisconsin it's the right. middle of wisconsin of course. so like yeah there's like 80 breweries or something ridiculous oh that you walk around and they still do this by the way one year we'll go um uh, yeah. and they sample beer and anyway so that was kind of cool um when they opened in 2012 they opened in the uh, a former home of ale asylum um with oh, equipment okay. that was used by lagunitas back in the day so okay. it was like reusing a bunch of other already existing breweries old stuff to try and get their operation cool. going um obviously it it has you know worked well i was for gonna them. say it worked out <laughs> yes so um carbon four actually was a name that just kind of evolved so i guess they were at a bar talking about different names that they might want to name it carbon 12 came up and they thought it was a cool name carbon 12 is the most common um naturally occurring carbon isotope and carbon is what everything really yeah. the base of the the world generally is but they didn't like the spelling of carbon, C-A-R-B-O-N. Okay. So they wanted it to be more phonetic, and they went back and forth. So carbon four is K-A-R-B-E-N. Yeah. They didn't like 12, so they went with four <laughs> um, for a very variety of reasons. Um, there's four valence electrons in carbon bonds. There's other things. And then, you know, Brett Favre is... Oh, so you know that was that time. Apparently, that's what they say, and they decided this over some chicken wings at a Thai restaurant. So that's where the carbon four originated. Was (laughs) amongst you know alcohol and chicken wings, and uh, in Wisconsin somewhere. So um, they do contract brew for other breweries through the bad times. They actually helped keep some of them afloat by giving them a place to continue brewing beers, things like that. Um, They also have, there's a brand of soda that is produced there. It's called Wisco Pop um, that they sell. You can actually get it at the brewery on draft. They sell it. They have a variety of different sodas as well as some sparkling waters and things like that is produced out of their facility. Um, So yeah, so so kind of cool stuff. They have um, a line of beers that's actually called uh, the Carbon 4 Project, the K4 Project, and they're all collaborations with local businesses or charities that they then donate a portion of the proceeds of those beers to whatever that local charity is. Um, So they have a variety of different lines of beers or series of beers, but that's one of them is um, purposefully to help generate and donate funds to nice. local charities wonderful so, yeah so that's pretty cool um they they make about ten thousand barrels a year of their own miscellaneous beer fantasy factory is probably the most the highest selling and the most you know well known of sure. all of their beers uh, but they do produce other things besides just yeah <laughs> unfortunately for us we won't get to drink uh diet starts tomorrow which is one of my other favorites from them <sighs> yes. and it's just like a really fat cat running yeah. on a treadmill 
There's some pretty and awesome. And that one, uh, yeah, also yeah. really jumped out at me. Although I'm excited about this milk stout that we're going to drink second because maybe yeah. it'll be a little reminiscent of that, true, which true. would be nice because the yeah. stout that I drank, although I maybe it was an oatmeal stout. It's been a long time since I've had it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did very much like it. Cool. So they definitely knew what they were doing. I really there. haven't had much from them outside of Fantasy Factory in, in quite a while. So for the first couple of years that they weren't bottling and selling things and they were just producing beer and draft, mm-hmm. they actually did produce a some sort of art for every beer that they made that they then hung up at the oh, brewery to okay. actually have a picture and something that depicted all of the different beers that they brewed, even though they weren't actually putting that label on anything. Oh, okay. So, um, That's cool. The, their art has always been um a you know a big part of of every beer that they make even if they're not actually bottling it canning it etc so right that's kind of cool um yeah so i haven't actually been to their brewery no it is so. one of my biggest regrets that i have not yet at gone some there. point we will have to go that's and check gotta out go on the agenda the art and see what else they got and, and all of those buy things. a hoodie with oh the ninja cat for sure it. that's like a have to do i thing. mean I don't know why I don't already own I one. have absolutely no idea why I'm, you don't already own I this. think I went to order one online at one point, and I just, like, chickened out and didn't pull the trigger. Yeah. I don't know why. I have, I have no idea why. Yeah, I have no idea why either. Yeah. I feel like this is something that you need. Yes, okay. it is. All right, we're going to have to investigate yeah. this for sure. But, so, Fantasy Factory and uh, Carbon 4. Yeah. Cool. So, good to revisit them, even yeah. uh, even though our visit before was brief. I'm yeah. glad that we got to kind of come back around. I think when we had them the last time, um, we did drink regular Fantasy Factory. And, mm-hmm. like you said, it was a short episode. It was short. And I think they had two versions of just Fantasy Factory. Oh, yeah. There was, like, a adjunct, like, a lemonade or some, like, weird You're right. thing. It was, like, pink. I don't remember. But the can yeah. was different. So I think that's what we had. But they were both just variants of the same beer, not other styles. Ah. So, um, anyways. Yeah. Let's, uh, yeah, fair enough. So okay. let's, um, let's talk about co-sleeping. Ooh. So we've talked about sleep. We've talked about sleep a lot so because I sleep. talk about yes. sleep all the time. <laughs> it's pretty much what guides my life is whether or not I've slept. <laughs> I, I think most people would say that, but I feel pretty wrapped up about it. Fair. <laughs> like, yeah, I think no, it's a big we, uh, part of me. <laughs> I feel like I never get enough sleep. I don't, but, no, I'm sure you don't. I'm not a doctor or anything, but yeah, no. I'm sure you don't. Yeah, definitely not. I don't think five hours a night is sufficient, which is generally the average of what I get. So Ugh, yeah, that's yeah, no. definitely not. I mean, I get, I have some lucky nights where I will sleep a lot better, but mm-hmm. yeah, I do definitely have those nights too. And I want to say it balances out, but it doesn't. No, totally doesn't. No, there's always a sleep deficit. But particularly in my opinion, I would have a sleep deficit when co-sleeping oh yes so yeah let's um i would like to begin by talking about the fact that i co-slept with my mother as a child (laughs) for far too long a very long time (laughs) um much longer than i'm willing to admit i will suffice it to say i uh Never went to sleepovers and struggled with sleep all my life and didn't realize how hard a time I had falling asleep until I was, like, away at college. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think part of that was that I just missed my mother. Sure. Um, so I was a little homesick, you know? Yeah. But a lot of that was, I think, um, my sleep habits were just not good. Well, yeah. And at that point, like, 
I, you know, controversy over how to put your children to sleep as child as babies. But once you've hit a few number of years that you get used to falling asleep in a certain way, it gets it's really like hard to break to. that. Yeah, it's so, like impossible not to do that yes. thing. Yeah, I mean, I remember even uh, when I was pregnant and you weren't supposed to sleep like on your back mm-hmm. while pregnant. That there were periods where I was just like, this is dumb. Yeah. I want to sleep on my back. Yeah. Like, like, and I don't, I don't go to sleep on my back even now. Like yeah. as a non-pregnant person, sure. I commonly sleep on my side. I usually sleep on my side. Um, yeah. But for some reason, while that I was, was pregnant, what you in wanted. my head, <laughs> I was like, I want to sleep on my back huh? right now. And I don't know exactly. Yeah. But then once I was no longer pregnant, I remember being in the hospital and just being like in bliss that I was going <laughs> to sleep on my back the first night after having a child. Like That's so funny. That my, But you're right about habit. And, yeah. and that's a big thing for co-sleeping that's a sticking point for me. Yeah. Is that a big reason why we minimized that with our kids was because... I did not want to create the habit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When my um, kids, both, when both my boys came home from the hospital after being born, mm-hmm. they did sleep in our bedroom Yes. Um, for a period. I would guesstimate like the six to eight week range okay. was about how long we had them in there um, before we moved them into their crib. Mm-hmm. Uh, earlier than that, we probably put them in the crib for naps and stuff during sure, the day sure, sure, sure. because, like, does you're it walking around matter what stuff. room yeah. he's in if I'm in a different room? Yeah, I'm you're not... not in your bed. <laughs> yeah. So sleep when the baby sleep is, is a myth. So yeah, I wasn't do doing that. that. So, um, so and we had a one of those, um, what's that thing called? The communicator. The walkie-talkie. The baby monitor. Baby monitor. <laughs> what's that thing? <laughs> Baby monitor. My it youngest monitors is nine. your babies. Yeah. <laughs> My youngest is nine. I don't remember. That's fair. Um we had the ones that like they would it would light up but it also would make sound. Yes, so like yes, yes. um when they were really little, especially, we would have the volume up pretty high so that it would wake you because yeah. little babies don't just go back to sleep. They don't really self soothe yeah. the way that like a one year old will. Sure. Yeah, you know. and they probably need something when they can't really communicate yet. Yeah, so they're crying for a reason Generally most of the time. Speaking. It's not like my nine-year-old who cries sometimes because he's upset with me, but not for a reason, just because <laughs> yeah. he's upset That's... that I was short with him, even if I wasn't. <laughs> oh, children. <laughs> yeah, children. so it's not like that when you're yeah, dealing with no. a six-week-old. generally cry because they need you. Yeah. yeah. We, um... We, with my youngest, or my oldest, not my youngest, sorry, my oldest, we had this weird little contraption that, like, actually was, like, a bassinet that just sat on your mattress in between us. So, like, the baby couldn't roll out of it, but it was actually on the It was almost like a divider for you. Yes, it was, like, realistically. And we did that at first, like, when he was very young. Then he, yeah, no, that was about it. And then after like i don't know a week he just made too much noise when he slept and we put him in his crib that was my room. little <laughs> one my younger one was a little like congested mm, okay. um or it had like just like a stuffy nose sounding sure. breathing yeah. and 
it drove me insane. Yeah. He was in my room and I would just like get out of bed and stand next to him. Right. Because he's like, he's fine, and but be I can't like, sleep. Shh, shut <laughs> up. Why are you so loud? Is this what I sound like when I'm asleep? <laughs> like, I'm just like, this is horrible. You need to be quieter. Yes. Yes. And yeah. No, our oldest. Or he would like toss and turn, even as an infant. I oh, feel like really? he like he flipped around, move a lot. around, and like so. We we eventually very quickly actually moved him into just his own room, um, in his own crib. Now the twins, I don't even remember if they ever slept in our room. Okay, but there were two of them. Well, yeah, so, that never would have worked for like, me. I could barely they, handle. They one. did share a crib. For the first few weeks. So okay. We had two, but they fit in one and they didn't move. So we had them with their heads in the middle and their oh. feet the other way. Oh, And they okay. shared a crib for a short while. Um, And very quickly they moved to their own cribs. And they shared a room until they were like six. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, there was – it was very – and the other problem with them sleeping both in our room – well, I guess it wouldn't have mattered which room – they woke up at different intervals. They never woke up at the same time. Oh, jeez. So, like, but they didn't wake each other up either. Well, that's like, polite. One would sleep through the other screaming, and then we'd get the one up, and then the other would eventually get up, and then we just constantly did that all night with then the two-year-old coming in periodically, too. So, um... That sounds awesome. Yeah, it was yeah. It was. Miserable. I loved that story yeah, it was almost as much as I would fantastic. love... Doing it, but I can't even imagine. <laughs> I know lots of people co sleep, and I if it works for you, it works for you. But at the same time, I literally physically wouldn't have been able to fit three kids in a bed. Like there well, is absolutely no way. Yeah, I mean, my kids are skinny little dudes, and like I know I could hypothetically fit one of them in my mm-hmm. bed with me. Sure. Um, and I don't even think either one of them really moves around a whole lot. My, son, my youngest, my, maybe like rotates. I don't I, really? even know. Like he's I will say, when I check on bed. my my kids are funny about wanting to be checked on when you get home. Oh, I'm gonna have to check on them tonight when I get yeah, home. Yeah, even Make though they sure might be they're dead be asleep. asleep. Yeah, but tomorrow they will ask if I came and gave them a hug when I got home, and I'm I, gonna say yes, no matter what. Yeah, <laughs> I I get exactly what you're yeah. saying. Um. I was out of town for the day a few days ago, mm-hmm. and I got home at like eleven, like late yeah. enough yeah. that they, they were, were gone, yeah, yeah, knocked out. But I was told by both of them that I was to wake them up oh. when I checked on them, and I did. Oh. I did exactly what they asked me to do, and it was also argued with by both of them the next morning that I did not do that. <laughs> I wo- I literally both sat up in bed and spoke I to woke me you up like you, you yeah. specifically asked me to wake you up because i was gone the entire day right, and right. you wanted to see me yeah. <laughs> and so even though i was exhausted and all i wanted to do was go to sleep i came into your room and spent three minutes with you three precious minutes Ooh, I, we had this conversation with somebody recently i I, it was uh, maybe it was some a couple friends of ours or somebody and they said that they take a selfie when they do that so they can prove the next day that you were there and you gave them a hug or a kiss or whatever because when they don't remember i'm gonna do that prove it that's brilliant yeah i don't remember who was we were talking to but we were talking to another parent set of parents and they were like oh yeah our kids do the same thing but i've started just taking a selfie to be like 
I was here. Here I am, <laughs> yeah. right next to you. Yeah, look, look, you're wearing the pajamas yep. you have on right now. So yeah. So if you need That's evidence, brilliant. Do I that. love it. Yeah. That is brilliant. So apparently, I will do this that. is a common request amongst children, though yeah. it seems. Because, Check on me. Yes, overarchingly, it happens frequently. But my kids definitely do that. Now, I yeah. I have definitely when we go on miscellaneous vacations or if i take the kids just away for you know a night or something i've shared a bed with one of my kids because well there's sure. enough of us and i'm not going to buy an extra bed just so you know we all get our own whatever. yes sure so, but i will say that i usually sleep with my oldest and he he is someone that if there's something next to him he generally won't move too much my youngest uh. He'll start out one way and he just like inches like a clock like around. I was going to say, I think my little one is a little bit like that. Because when I went to check on him the other day, Mm -hmm. uh, he was definitely at a weird angle compared to where he was. Um, I will say, and I've mentioned this before, I've rarely seen my youngest actually asleep Mm. because for the most part he is a vampire and does not sleep (laughs) so the number of times that i have seen him asleep asleep. (laughs) are like i can hold up hands and count very many um even as a baby i don't know how often he was actually asleep while i was like holding him or checking on him or anything i think he was always awake (laughs) always um so it's always very weird and it's hard for me to gauge what his real sleep habit is like because i've never seen it don't actually know very rare occurrences (laughs) yeah it's so rare um i did share a bed with him once (laughs) on a vacation a similar thing and it was we were staying in a house and we had the two boys in a room together Mm. and my husband and i were in the other room and i don't exactly recall what came to pass to put my husband in with my oldest and me to stay with the little one Uh, i don't yeah remember must have occurred (laughs) i do remember but it was like already almost morning like it was like somebody must have woke up or something or needed who knows yeah yeah and so then i I, we yeah we shuffled yeah and i ended up with the little one and he was pretty good and we are um going on this concert yeah trip with you and you did ask me at one point if i wanted a king better two queens and i think i said no preference that yeah. it didn't really matter i think you got two queens by the way that's yeah. perfectly <laughs> fine although i would say there is a slight chance that my little one will want so to sleep in, in the bed next to me because <laughs> the idea of us being as close as possible is kind of the theme uh, for the weekend for fair. him i think <laughs> i, 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 get I think it. he I feels get it. very strongly about that <laughs> my the twins will share a bed whenever we travel most of the time they the share. twins share and i don't know if that's just they've all they shared a room for so long sure or just, they're the smallest so like whenever yeah. we need to fit two people you gotta in double bed, somebody it's them generally it's them sure so and they're just kind of used to that by now so i right. have shared a bed with probably all of them at some point whether it's they're not feeling well or we're somewhere yeah or, you know it's a girl's thing or, or whatever sometimes when my husband is at work because he works for 24 hours one of the kids inevitably at some point in the middle of the night will wind up in bed with me not every time but it often happens and usually they don't even wake me up they They just just climb in in. and then in the morning i'm like 
there's a child next to me. Um, <laughs> they've gotten much better. I will say my youngest moved around a lot more when he was younger. So like oh, when he I was see. a baby and like he wasn't feeling well and slept with me, I did not sleep. Yeah. He was constantly kicking me or hitting like just moving like oh, crazy. And he still moves, but I think he actually moves less when someone is next to him. Oh, because he oh, like I, see. I don't know if it's just an instinct. Like there's something there. Yeah. Um, that he's gotten older now. Okay. When he's in a bed by himself, he's all over the place. Yeah. But when he's in bed with me or his sister, he generally doesn't. Pretty so that's, stationary. That's yeah, cool. So that's good. But I will say when he was little, little, he there is no way I would have slept if we could have slept. Like, there's just no yeah. chance. Yeah. yeah. My oldest sn- used to snore. Mm. And now that he got his tonsils and adenoids uh, out yeah, yeah. and all of that a couple years back, I don't think he does that anymore because mm. I think he used to sleep with his mouth open. Which makes sense. Yep. Yeah. Um, I occasionally snore, although mm. I don't know. My husband might say I always do. I have no idea. <laughs> I do occasionally like wake up in the morning and feel like I was snoring, you know, yes, where your you throat's dry sometimes, yeah. or your mouth is dry you or something like that. You can tell your like mouth that. was open last night. A lot of times if I'm congested or something, yes, that's what I, I was going to wake say. up and I'm like, oh, I definitely. Now, I use a CPAP, so I usually don't, but it's more like if I'm not feeling well or something. Ex- like I was going to say, I think that for me, it's far more common if I have like a stuffy nose yes, or a runny yeah. nose where my breathing might not be great to mm-hmm. begin with. Yeah. Um, otherwise, ironically... If I sleep on my back, uh, <laughs> the thing that brings me the most joy in the world, yes. <laughs> I do also. think that I snore a little bit more often when I sleep on my back, just in general. I think most people do. Yeah. Too. yeah. Um, I have an adjustable bed, mm. and I think that if I fiddled with it more than I have, because yeah. I've always meant to experiment a bit more with it. Yeah. I would probably find a position where I'm on my back and comfortable yeah. and not snoring. I you would. Um mm. and I just haven't really like my husband does that a little bit. His he okay. we have there are two twins yep. next to each other. So, you so can like control your, he can your do side. whatever he yes. wants with his and vice versa. Yeah. Um and I've woken up at times in the morning and noticed that he was elevated a little or something like yeah. that, you know, because it made him feel better. I will say that when I had COVID, mm-hmm. um, I did that um, oh. the one or two nights where I felt really congested. In sense. general, I did not feel all that sick yeah. during that period. But I did have one or two nights where I was really stuffed up. Yeah. And the first night, I elevated my bed a bit. And I actually slept very well. And I think it's a big reason why I felt better as quickly as I did. Because I always believe with, yeah. sleep is the best medicine. I you tell know? my kids that all the time, but Just I really more truly sleep. think it is. It really like, is. It Your body needs rest. Everything. Yeah. I'm. I'm. Yeah. This sleep is very important. I tell my children that I should listen to myself as well. But I know. And yet here we are on and a yet weekday. Here we are, which at I, eleven o'clock at night. And no. I <laughs> probably won't be sleeping much. But yes. But I. I do think you know it. There's benefits and negatives to co-sleeping. It just wasn't for us for a variety of reasons. Partially, there's too many children. Partially, I wouldn't sleep ever. Um, yeah. But also, like, if you're breastfeeding and your baby's right there, it's so much more convenient. I totally get so that I argument. I totally get that. I had a, I nursed both my kids to almost a year old, mm-hmm. and I struggled to nurse them on the brief periods where they were in our room without going and sitting in a chair okay and i don't know i I would say 
that was probably me. Yeah. And I mean, not everybody's so much position that I was just yeah. like, I can't find a position where I'm actually comfortable mm. and think that this is going to work yeah. and be laying in bed with this baby yeah. at the same time. And so I realized pretty quickly after trying to do it a couple of times with my probably oldest yeah. that I was going to have to sit down and mm. like the rocking chair and everything was in their room. Oh, so, so that, like, yeah. So why getting walk up back to your room? Yeah. Then? Getting up, and being in there with them to begin with right. was the same as them already being in my bedroom with me. So, like, there wasn't really an upside to... Yeah, there wasn't a benefit to ...them staying, starting you know. out in my bedroom. Yeah. No, that makes sense. But you're right. I think that... I think co-sleeping... I think there's a bit of a cultural element there. I know there are different cultures yeah. that are really big on co-sleeping. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I hear the arguments for it that kind of center around that, it does sound very reasonable. It's a close family tie yeah. type activity. I like that idea. I think that's very pleasant. Yeah. Um, I just can't do it. No, I get it. I just it. can't do it. Yeah. and That's just what it boils down and, to. And some people, like, I've known parents that literally can fall asleep while breastfeeding and they're just laying in bed. Yeah. Like, so I just if can't you do can, that either. <laughs> awesome. And it's fine because your baby's right there. And then you can both just go to sleep. It was just never for me. Yeah. And I don't think any of us would have slept as well in yeah. that scenario. Yeah. Um, and, you know, my husband would get up and... You know, he would have to go to work early or he'll be gone for 24 hours and he'd be exhausted. So he'd want to, you know, lay down and get a good night's sleep. So if we had a baby in our room crying, I think that that would have been harder for him too. Sure. At least if I get up and go out of the room into their room and, you know, take care of him there. Yeah. And that was also, you know, that was also a bit of my attitude with that as well is that when I was the person that was home. Yeah. And was going to be handling the baby at night. Yeah. I kind of felt like, well, why should we both be up why all night? Why should everybody be up? up? Yeah. You know, like I just, I don't know if I really understood the logic behind that. Yeah. Especially when he was, had returned to work if I had not yet. Correct. Part of me was sort of like, okay, don't get me wrong. You, I got to get some sleep here. But... but you but if you're working work. at six tomorrow yeah. <laughs> morning and it is three, I will get up with the yeah. baby. Yeah, and I like, I took six <laughs> months off for both of my pregnancies, so like I was home for a bit. Yeah, and my husband went back to work like almost right away. So, I mean, my husband did too. Yeah. I think I took I took eight weeks off for both. Mm. Um, my job was very low impact yeah. in terms of my kids went to my parents house and i was with them during the day when Mm -hmm. i was even though i was at work because i would come and have lunch and i would feed the baby yeah so you would so i was back at work you know about two months after but i wasn't away from them really much um there were obviously days where like my husband was off and i was at work and he would have them on his own so they weren't with me yeah but for the most part um when I you went know. into the office, I was gone all day. There yeah. Was no... I didn't have yeah. that adjustment to mm-hmm. make. Um, so it was a little bit simpler yeah. to go from that transition, you know, of being home uh, yeah. with them all the time to being at work. Yeah. So. I will say that even though I did not co-sleep, I 
didn't have great habits when my oldest was little because I did rock him to sleep for a very long time until I just couldn't anymore. Yeah. Because I was pregnant with the twins, like, and I was yeah. still trying to, like, put him to bed. And eventually he just needed to learn to go to sleep by himself. Yeah. Which he did. And I'm sure he would have done it earlier if I wasn't holding sure. on to that. But again, it's but... a habit that yeah. was created. Yes. And I totally get that. Yeah. You know, everything. Yeah. I remember when my second child was um i don't know probably six months or nine months old one mm-hmm. of those mi- one of those appointments you know sure. where you go to the yeah, doctor the milestone yeah, yeah. yeah the six or the nine it yeah. was a little bit later sure. um my husband took him and he comes home and he goes you know i was talking to the pediatrician and he asked me if you nurse the baby when he wakes up at night and i was like ah you know yeah, why why do you ask yeah. <laughs> like yeah. i don't answer i just go why do you why? ask yeah. well because you're not supposed to do that because then he becomes dependent on getting nursed in the middle of the yeah, night blah, blah, and blah. it just means that you have to get up with him and no one you know i wouldn't be able to soothe him at night and i was like thank you for your input <laughs> are we done yeah is this, is that <laughs> and he it? was like you're gonna do it anyway and i was like yeah you want to know why because he goes right back to sleep when I do it. Right. So yeah. I'm going to do it. Yeah. And it's really easy. Because I'm good at it now because it's been nine months and I've been right. doing it. So yeah. we've got this thing where I know what to do and he does. Yeah. And, then he and we're almost done bed. here. Yeah. So we'll just keep doing this for like for three like, more months. Yeah, and then we're done. And then we'll both shake hands and agree that that period is over. <laughs> and move on. And he'll go to sleep. And I will also go to sleep and we will <laughs> yeah. keep doing this until that ends. And he was just like, but the doctor and I'm like. No, yeah, you yeah. can tell my said thank you for the input. <laughs> and that's all I got. <laughs> yeah. No. No. Nope. nope. Totally get it. So totally. we definitely have the habits. Yep. <laughs> yes, for sure. All right. I'm going to open this next one. Let's do it. Milk stout. And I love that Jerry the unicorn has spots like a cow. I also Hence love that. It is milk. adorable. It is. It's like a cownicorn. A cownicorn. <laughs> Okay, that's fantastic. <laughs> Counicorn. All right, Counicorn. we're going to drink the milk stout from the Counicorn. Thank you. Counicorn Jerry. Here we go. Some. Ooh. Does it smell good? Yeah, it definitely smells like stout. Mmm. Mmm. Hmm. Again, it's interesting. Right? Mm-hmm. Again, very like, you know, has like the roasty, yes. creamy feel and flavor of a milk stout. But then at the end, it's got a hops. But like you get that bitter. kick just like you did with the Maybach. Yeah. Where that like that kick at the end. Yes. That is like the kick of a, an 100%. IPA. The, the, the back, the finish of this is almost like yeah. that bitter <sighs> hoppiness. The front is that creamy, roasty, mm-hmm. you know, stout, and it's such a weird combination. Yeah, I know, like, right? I'm, I'm just, I'm wrapping my head around it here. It's intriguing. It definitely is. These are really interesting combinations of hop, play, hop profiles and different beer styles combining together to make a hoppy milk stout. Is that a thing? Um, I don't know. I guess. <laughs> I mean, kind of, right? Yeah. I mean, fantasy factory hops brewed in the style of a milk stout. Like, 
But it's a milk stout. It's for definitely sure. a milk it's stout. Just... It's got that. It's got the aroma. It's got, like I said, it's got the that roasty kind of flavor to it. But I just, I'm still getting hops at the end. Yeah. Hmm. Very interesting. Loving this. These are super interesting mm. beers to me. They're just yeah. They're unique. They're they're still good. They're they're a balance of kind of two different flavors kind of joining together. Um, they're just very unique. I think yeah. So huh. that was fun. This was fun. I'm glad we revisited Carbon Four. Me too. Um, you know they'll always have a special place in my always, heart. Always. Yes, we need a so, hoodie. A Thank hoodie. you, Rufius and Jerry. Yeah, and. Uh, yeah, cool. Yeah. Until next time, I guess. Yeah, we'll catch you guys next time. Yeah, bye. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the latest musings from Parenting by the Pint. Be sure to find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you find your podcasts. Have a great week, and cheers to you all.